Well, there's some great music playing in the background. Yeah, you know what? I didn't get talking with all this other Oh, I love it. I haven't heard this before. Hi, everybody. This is Senior Moments, and we're just boogieing out here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill it. There, I got her down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're running. <laughs> and we've got our first guest on the line. Oh, well, Carmen, are you there, Carmen? I am. Hello. Oh, hi, Carmen. Thank you so much for calling in uh, two, three times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's good. Last week we interviewed um, Party and and the Party Program for Youth. Oh, yes. And, um, and so that's why I wanted to have you on so that we could connect the two. And one of the reasons is um, so many grandparents are are raising their grandchildren right now. And, uh, you know, some people just don't know how to handle what's going on. And so party, we had never really heard of. It's a wonderful program. It, it's it's like, wow, I didn't know we were that far ahead here in Prince George. And then Foundry, how long have you been running? For about three years now? Yes, I think a little over three years. Mm-hmm. And so you're there for uh, kids from, uh, what, 15 until 24, or? Uh, we offer support services for youth age 12 to 24. 12. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, why wouldn't a 12-year-old need some help, eh? Yeah. That's kind of the crisis. And so what is your focus then? Party is teaching kids how to be responsible, what uh, happens when you... Uh, go out and party without a thought about having a... Um, uh, and they're not telling kids not to have fun. They're telling them to be safe when they do it. And so then your part is addictions and mental health? To some extent, yes. So Boundary is a provincial initiative, and we're lucky enough in Prince George to have a site. Um, there are about 19 across the province. Mm-hmm. Our site offers uh, primary care, so that's access to a doctor, mental health support, so if they need to talk to a clinician or a counselor, uh, if they're having some mental health concerns or, or needs, uh, addiction support, if there's any problematic use of substances, alcohol or drugs, uh, peer support, and just general, uh, generally a one-stop space for young people to access health and wellness needs based on what they identify they might need. Now, can they refer themselves or... Do they need a referral? No, they can definitely just walk in on their own. Mm-hmm. We, we operate with um, the perspective that young people should be responsible and be given the opportunity to be responsible and in charge of their own needs and care. So if a young person walked in on their own, we would absolutely support them. If they came in with the support of a, of a caring adult, we would absolutely support them as well. Um, we don't take appointments. A young person can come in and access services on a walk-in basis, mm-hmm. and they have access to a nurse, a doctor, a clinician, um, and other peer support, which is a young person who is in a, a, a nice, stable space in their life, but who is one of their peer um, in age, close to how old they may be, who is in a position to be able to just offer them um, a first point of connection. Maybe it's a little scary to think of talking to a doctor or, or a counselor, but the peer support is a more comfortable beginning spot for them to have some conversation with someone. Yeah, that's brilliant because uh, kids don't trust adults all the time. And no. and I think uh, um, 
some of your uh, kids would be there because of an adult <clears throat> interaction that wasn't uh, positive. And um, I, when we talk, I start thinking about when I was um, a kid and they had um, homes for bad boys. Um, these are kids that you're looking after now instead of locking them away from society and, and in a punishing way. You're encouraging them to reach their potential. Yeah, and also um, just a young person that may be sort of your typical kid up until recently and has, for the first time or lately, started to feel some need for support. Maybe something you know traumatic happened or maybe they're struggling with the social isolation that's been coming with COVID, like so many of us are, mm-hmm. and they're just feeling down or anxious or... <laughs> unhappy and they just don't know how to begin that conversation yeah this is so much better than than uh, 60 years ago it, um i think i can't remember what they call reform reform schools that's yeah. what they called them and you know uh, we've moved away from punishing to finding out why they're behaving the way they're behaving and helping them to change their behavior you know like i wonder why they thought punishment would work Good question. There's still a lot of a lot of portions of society or systems that still believe that it it uh, that's the way you do business. So, well, like I'm a big believer in consequences to choices, but I'm also a believer that if somebody tried to punish me, I'd punish them back, or I would shut down, or I would uh, become oppositional. You know, um, and um, if if there was a big power imbalance, I would just shut right down. Yeah. And so I, I, I was reading your intake, and, um, and I was thinking about, you know, 60 years ago and what this would say. Because in here you say, choosing not to complete this form will not affect your ability to receive services today. And, and the way it would have read back in my day would, if you don't, if you don't sign this form, you don't get service. That's yeah. huge. That's a huge change in, in perspective. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I think we're all doing, we all do our best with what we've got in our tool belt and, mm-hmm. and how we've learned and what we know how to do and how we do it. Yes. Um, and we're all just trying our best. And the, what we want to offer for young people and for families who are connected to those young people is some maybe a different set of coping skills or a way of looking at a situation a little bit differently. Yes. Um, And we really appreciate that we have uh, an established family advisory uh, group and that comes together that helps inform us on how to do business best for families. And I just want to make sure to put it out there that we are um, always looking for uh, parents or caregivers to be a part of that family um, advisory council and help us make sure that we're doing business well for our community. So if there's interested individuals, we'd be happy to hear from you, and you can definitely touch base with Foundry Prince George if you're interested in learning more. Yeah, um, because the extended family is not so extended anymore. And and uh, I was just thinking about elders coming, like grandparents coming, and being a part of that committee. And even being part of the volunteer in your in at the foundry because uh, so many kids um, have missed because people moved so much now 
you know, we all used to stay in the same place and our grandparents and aunts and uncles would be around us. And I'm a prime example of leaving my family and coming out here and realizing the importance of my family for that time that I was home. Agreed, absolutely. Family is a very um, unique, uh, I think, term that really it, it we we make we decide who our family is in yes. a lot of instances of who we invite into our our bubble and and who our community supports are and sometimes they're biological and sometimes it's just that one steadfast um, adult or individual that's been through us through thick and thin and we know that they're. Uh, supportive and and caring and someone we can turn to and therefore they become our family. And that's what I discovered when I came out here was I found a family. You know, it took me time to find the right people to be my family but you're absolutely right. Family can be the people that you feel safest with, um, who you can build something with. Yeah, yeah, it's very important. Now, you run do you run programs every day, or I, I noticed that there was um, a program that was four weeks. We, we have drop-in services available Monday to Friday, um, and that's the doctor, the clinicians, uh, for that individual support, the uh-huh. nurse, peer support, and then we have groups that are also offered. So, for example, we had a coping skills group uh, for young people to be able to participate. It was four sessions long, and it was an opportunity to learn some healthy coping skills or strategies based around crafting and um, creative um, creative opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another uh, coping skills group that's going to be running again. It starts October 15th. Uh-huh. And we have other groups that we are running and, and hoping to run regularly, um, including Smart Recovery Group for someone who's looking for support in uh, problematic substance use, caregiver workshops for caregivers who are looking for some skills to be able to support the young person in their life, circle of security, which is about attachment and the opportunity to really build some connection as an adult to our our children or the kids in our lives, Uh, and hopefully a lot more. Uh, We're trying right now to just uh, play it by ear and be really uh, flexible knowing that the months ahead are going to be a little bit questionable and a little bit challenging for us all. And are you open right now? We are open. Our doors are open. We, are, um, we have resources available by phone or virtually if someone's more comfortable that way, but we also have walk-in, in-person supports available. Okay, and so where are you exactly? Our location is at 1148 7th Avenue, right across from City Hall, and right beside the YAP Access Program that offers a lot of extra support yes. uh, for us to be able to, we work very closely together, those two programs. Yeah, Youth Around mm-hmm. Prince George. And yeah. and then what's the phone number that the they can phone? Our phone number for Foundry is 236-423-1571. Now, um, you talked about attachment, and I don't think people understand about the importance of attachment and properly, a proper, um, I don't know the other word to use for proper, because we have disorganized attachment and, uh, and we want positive attachment. And, and I don't think people understand the importance of attachment and healthy ta- attachment. And, and uh, Judy's shaking her head there because 
you know, I took a course on disorganized attachment, and Carmen and I never knew a thing about it. It's true. Hey, it's such an, it feels like something that should just be instinctually a part of each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. But due to lots of things, sometimes intergenerational trauma or our own, um, our own lived experiences, when we become adults, we don't necessarily have that same natural bonded connection. Um, it, in a real loose way, it could be that person that just doesn't seem to really like kids or they don't quite get them. And really, it's because we're social creatures and it's written in, in our gene code and it's a part of who we are. But when we disrupt that from experiences or traumas historically in our past or in our family's past, then we can disrupt that connection we have. And it's about building that resilience and that connection that natural force that we have to love and care and be bonded to children and each other so that we can be the best parents and caregivers possible. Maybe that's a child that's come into your life in a, a challenging space, their teenage years, for example, and, and you've never really had that opportunity to, to build a strong connection with them up until then, or it's your first time looking after a teen and they feel kind of foreign and and, and sometimes confusing, uh, mm-hmm. this kind of option, attachment and attachment training or, or um, workshopping can help build some of those, those resiliencies that are in you already that maybe just haven't had a chance to, to wake up. And, and part of the training that I went through was a, a, an example of that would be a baby that was um, put into, uh, was born early and put into an incubator and didn't have the mother with it all the time. And that as the child um, grew and got older, um, the one example they showed was that the mother needed to carry the child with her or have the child with her for as many weeks as the child wasn't with her as a newborn. And, and to me... You know, who thinks of those things? Who thinks about a baby that's taken away from the mother to be adopted? And and where is that nurturing um, mother in, in that child's life until they're put into an, another family? There's a huge big part of that that's missing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting um, that people don't tell us about those things. And, and how important, you know, holding that baby is. Yeah, it's true. And, and you know, sometimes um, there, some of those things are built in, though, and we, and we don't realize it. For uh-huh. example, when my little guy was born, um, they were in the first couple of days, they were, the nurses were, were very insistent on the need for skin-to-skin contact. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what they were doing is help create those forces of bonding very, very beginning on day one, mm-hmm. um, which seemed maybe, you know, I was thinking maybe it was because he's cold and I'm, I'm going to be warming him up, but yeah. It's, yeah. More, it's more about that connection for sure and, and creating those connections in him to be, to be bonded to me back. And yeah. they're very important, powerful forces that happen really early on. And, and uh, we sometimes forget how powerful those forces can be and how they can impact us later on in life, even into our adulthood, if we haven't had those experiences um, of bonding or connection that we should have had. And there's, they're asking the fathers to do the same thing. Absolutely. 
And, I think it's great. And uh, and then you, when you start that, you get my brain thinking about wet nurses, and how the very rich women didn't do didn't uh, nurse their babies. They had a wet nurse. I wonder what the heck happened to those kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time ago, but that was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe we'll have better um, future as we learn the importance of that a, a baby needs that bonding feeling and that the it's okay for dad to lay in bed with that baby on his bare chest and uh, for that baby to feel the heartbeat of his dad you know i think i think the things that are changing uh, a lot of them are for the better there's some things that i don't agree with but i'm very vocal about that but i i'm i'm really happy that we have in prince george a foundry and that the youth can have a youth to talk to instead of some intimidating scientist or or someone who's living in their head when you've got a youth that knows what it's like to be lonely and sad and depressed and feel like nobody cares about you um, it's it's pretty uh, um, earth, what what I call um, grounding. Grounding would be the word. Absolutely. And I'm very grateful for all those extended family caregivers out there, grandparents, um, uncles and aunts, and great aunts and uncles, and who are out there being that stable, supportive person for a young person who maybe didn't wasn't um, in a position to be able to get that from their immediate biological family and there's a lot of good being done for sure and I'm, sh- I'm sure within your audience there's a lot of fantastic grandparents um, and seniors who are the, the light that's helping a young person through a really difficult time so I want to thank all of you guys for that I'm sure you're all out there yeah I think they are too you have a program actually called uh, Getting Grounded don't you? Uh, well, our coping skills group that uh-huh. was offered and it will be running again is is uh, its full name is Get Grounded with Sandy and Lexi. Okay, and that's a good thing to learn when you're young and you feel anxious and that the world hates you and you can go. I mean, I I know a shaman who told me to take my shoes off and my socks and stand on the ground when yeah. I felt like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's very yeah. powerful. I know. And uh, I think that we forget that uh, we're living on a living being, which is called Earth. <laughs> and, Agreed. And that gives us so much um, that uh, I think that's probably part of what you do, too, is about gratitude and, and being grateful for uh, being alive. You know, I remember being a teenager, and sometimes it wasn't very nice. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. hard being a teenager in any generation. Yeah. And so um, we're going to have to go, but is there anything, last thing you want to say, Carmen? Uh, I just want to thank you very much for having me on and encourage anyone who may be interested in being a part of our Parent Advisory Council mm-hmm. um, as a caregiver to a, to a young child or a significant adult in a young person's life. Um, to give us a call if you're interested in being a part of a, a monthly group that can inform and give us some support. And thank you, Carmen, for being a part of Foundry, and, and thank uh, the Y and everybody that's part of helping the youth around Prince George. And so you take care of yourself. Thank you. And please call us if you need anything, and maybe we'll talk to you in a few months and see how things are going. 
That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, Carmen. And this is Senior Moments. We're going to take a short break. Hi, I'm Reverend Andrew Simpson, pastor of Heritage Free Presbyterian Church. Please join me on Sunday mornings at 7.30 for Let the Bible Speak. You will hear the clear message of the Lord Jesus Christ in this half-hour radio sermon. It's an in-depth study of the person and the work of our Savior. Let's Let the Bible Speak Sunday mornings at 7.30 right here on 93.1 CFIS-FM brought to you by Heritage Free Presbyterian Church. Prince George's newest seniors community is waiting for you at 1444 20th Avenue. Riverbend Manor offers a safe, affordable, and centrally located rental housing option. Rent is based on your income and includes three daily meals, all of your utilities, housekeeping, and much more. Riverbend has a jam-packed weekly calendar of activities to fit both active and passive lifestyles. Part of Prince George's leading seniors community, Riverbend Manor. Call 250-596-8097 to book your tour today. The Community Radio Fund of Canada is looking for a programs officer. This is a full-time bilingual position based in Ottawa with a salary range of $42,000 to $57,000 annually, dependent on skills and experience. Full details are available at crfc-fcrc.ca. While qualified applicants are encouraged to apply, only those selected for an interview will be contacted. Community Radio Fund of Canada, requiring a programs officer. Application deadline is 2 p.m. Friday, October 16th. Forecast from Environment Canada, clearing this afternoon, a high of 15. Tonight, a few clouds, a low of 3 with the risk of frost. On Wednesday morning, fog patches, then mainly cloudy, clearing in the afternoon, and a high of 16. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community on 93.1 CFIS-FM, this is Senior Moments. Now we're back on. Oh, good. <laughs> Hi, Angela. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you today? We're good. Um, just uh, a little bit rusty, I think. We had a week off. <laughs> you know, it's about retraining. They always used to kid yeah. us after a weekend. And anyway, um, so you have a responsibility called uh, taking care of animals in the Humane Society. And I wonder how things are going with the um, with the the virus that's uh, shutting everything down. Yeah, it's actually it's been pretty challenging for us as an organisation. Mm. Um, and um, the reason it's been is we're basically down probably about eighty five percent in revenue, um, and that's simply because most of our mandate um, within this community is doing humane education programs. Okay. other than the general, you know, day-to-day rescue of animals, mm-hmm. which means we can't go to schools and do our humane education programs, and we also can't do those humane education programs in the shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's really taken us a knock um, in regards to, to revenue, and, you know, the reality is the animals still need need places to go. That, you know, that hasn't changed for us. Yes. Uh, the community need is still there. Um, but what we've kind of done is we have, we, you know, we have kind of adjusted our programs a little bit to accommodate people during, um, you know, COVID-19 and creating social distancing. So we actually took um, all our humane education rooms and we actually themed them. So there's different, there's like a space room and a rainbow room and a vet room and an art room and a farm room. Oh. And what we've really done is uh, we used to have a, a we actually had a, re- a reading program that we implemented um, that specifically was for autistic children. Mm-hmm. 
um, and we saw such amazing results that we actually opened that program up to uh, readers of any of any level. Um, and what it basically entails is you actually buy a punch card for your child, mm-hmm. um, and they actually come and they read to an animal. And every time they um, finish a book, they get a, a raffle ticket, and then those raffle tickets get uh, go into a draw, and you get a prize at the end of the month. And what we're really trying to do is we're trying to encourage kids to read as many books as they can so that they can obviously improve their skills, uh-huh. um, but they also have greater opportunity to win some prizes. You know, so we have kind of tried to look out of the box a little bit on, um, you know, how we can still bring in some revenue and still kind of do some of the programs that we initially have been focusing on. I think that's brilliant. I yeah. really do. And, and so how do people sign up for it? Um, they can do it online. We actually just revamped our website. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can actually just go online and uh, do an application form on there. And the minute we receive that, we will contact them and schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, we've had to kind of think out of the fundraising box a little. So yep. uh, we have some uh, rather interesting fundraisers that are coming up and I can't really tell you too much about them, but they're pretty exciting. <laughs> well, um, we'll, we'll have to talk to you when you're ready to talk more oh, about them. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, good for, yeah, good for you. It's changed the way we've done business, but um, it's uh, generally otherwise pretty good, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think sometimes we need to change. We need change because we keep doing, you know, the same thing over and over again, and uh, nothing changes. And yeah. so I think COVID actually has that um, side to it where everybody's having to rethink um, how to stay alive, how to, not just from the virus, but in, in a job. And, uh, you know, you see the restaurants trying to feed people outside. Now it's coming up cold. Yeah. How are they yeah. going to manage that? And it, it gets people's brains kicking into gear because this is really quite unique. Uh, oh, and definitely. Yeah. So a humane, humane society t- giving reading and getting kids to read so that they can, something at, there's something at the end of it that for sure, a for reward. Sure. And, you, know, you know, kids generally, and, and particularly kids that are battling with reading, whether it yeah. be uh, they may stutter or they maybe a little dyslexic or it's just a little bit more challenging for them mm-hmm. to read in front of an animal that is not going to judge you. <laughs> um, it's proven to be substantially su- successful. So, um, you know, it's a program that I think this community can really benefit from. And so would they, do you have a particular um, animal that sort of is willing to sit long enough for a kid to read? <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of depends. Um, I kept it generally pretty good. I, kittens are a little practice <laughs> yeah um I, I mean we did have a pretty excitable dog the other day and the child that was trying to read to him what didn't wasn't really successful <laughs> um, um so we kind of like try and just uh, pair them with animals we know that are oh, gonna allow them to read yeah yeah <laughs> and just lay across their lap and and uh, read away like i do at home <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, we would actually love to see that program expanded into libraries and things like that. So, you know, a long-term yeah. goal is to hopefully end up there. I was thinking that when you were talking because years ago, and I don't know if the library still does the reading grandma, and uh, um, it would be neat to be able to take a, a dog over and have a group of kids once the virus thing is over. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, to have a cat or a dog on on the laps of the kids as they as they read. Read, oh, most definitely. And you know, with all of the the uh, social media now, how many kids are reading? I think this is why I love what you're doing. Um, if we take reading away from kids, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, um, if they're not able to enjoy books and to get their minds going, if everything's told to them on their iPad or their phone, how do they get their imagination going? 100%. Yeah, and those are the challenges, is trying to keep the reading back in schools and keeping kids still engaged. Yes. Um, and not on their iPads the whole time. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that's an absolutely um, amazing program. And if we can look at expanding and growing it, I mean, we are asking the community to help sponsor those events. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, particularly the um, reading, mm-hmm. um, because uh, some kids can't afford to partake in the program. And, you know, realistically, before COVID, all our programs were offered free of charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and now because of COVID and uh, the loss in revenue, we've now had to monetize the program, which is not something we ideally want to do. But, you know, we have been reaching out to the community and asking uh, people to donate towards this project so mm-hmm. we can actually offer it as a free service to the community. And, um, Angela, you're able to give a, uh, a receipt? Yes, for donations we are. We are a charity, so we are able to give a tax receipt, yes. Yeah, and so I think that's a good investment. I think it would be a very good investment to invest in that program and give because you've got two things going. You've got the serotonin going for the warmth of the cat or the dog mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you've got the brain opening up and reading and uh, and I worry so much about the social media the that uh, is taking away are we going to have zombies you know wandering around yep. waiting to be told what to do, to do. yeah 100% yep no yep. we're definitely putting a damper on creativity right and um, that's why we also themed the rooms because not, not only are we encouraging them to read by getting prizes too for them, you know, the more books they read, the more chances they get to win prizes. Um, but the point is, every time they come to the shelter, they read in a different room. Mm-hmm. So they get a different experience every time, right? So we really like trying to get the kids to come in on a regular basis. Well, I think that's wonderful. And so uh, people donate, they can go on the website to donate? Yes, they can. And if it's convenient for them, they can come down to the shelter as well. Okay. And where's the shelter? Um, it's down on First Avenue, just behind Rogers Meat. Okay. Yeah. And um, what do you need? Do you need some donations? Like, do you need cat food, dog food? Um, yeah, we actually need cat and kitten food. We're pretty low on that. Mm-hmm. Um, kibble as well as wet food. Mm-hmm. Dog food, we're doing pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, cat toys are something uh, we always need. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like paper towel bleach is something huge that yes. we use a lot of in shelter with our laundry and stuff like that. But, yes. You know, people are out and about and they want to think about us. That would be wonderful. And kitty litter, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we actually use pellets in shelter, which are the wood pellets. Yes. But um, our foster homes, we send them home with clay litter. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, so people can just drop that off. And so it's it's uh, kibble for kittens, wet food, um, yep. paper towels, bleach, and, um, and, and kitty litter if you need it. Um, for sure, yeah. That you can send out with the kittens. And... Uh, have you heard about the um, 
missing dogs around town lately. There's been a lot of stuff on Facebook about their dogs missing, and I wondered if oh, there wow. was if there was people stealing dogs, stealing and then dogs. there was something. Oh, yeah, there's actually been a considerable amount of cats that have gone missing too. Um, we, you know, in, in comparison to last year and this year, we're probably getting two to three calls a day of people missing cats, which, you know, I want to say in comparison to last year was probably once or twice a week. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you've got to raise a lot of questions around what's really going on. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting, um, you know, that's why we're just asking people to, you know, try to keep your cats indoors if you can and, uh, you know, keep good eye on your dogs and you know, it, kind of be alert. Yes, and there was something on Facebook the other day. Was it, uh, Judy, was it dog fighting up in... Yeah, apparently they, they, they're thinking that people are kidnapping dogs to take them up to train them to do dog fighting. Yeah, or to throw and them in the ring. They were hitting Quinnell quite a bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, that was up in Dawson's Creek. I think they suspect there's a dog fighting ring up that way. Yeah. And yep, you know, yeah. Well, we need to remember not everyone's good, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why we also say to people when they're looking to rehome animals, um, if you can, go through a shelter, because at least we make sure that we're... Um, reference checking and making sure we're doing home checks and stuff like that to make sure it's a good home. Um, and to, you know, just be really reluctant to rehoming your animals on social media and Kijiji and those kind of things. Because you don't know if they're going to take them up there and, and throw them in a ring and have them torn to pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. they use kittens to, to get these dogs as puppies to start to kill. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, this is reality, folks. I mean, and I, yeah. hate, I yeah. hate it. I hate talking about it. But as soon as I saw all those dogs going missing, the first thing I thought about was a dog fighting ring. Fighting ring, and, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I really wonder, Angela, what joy does a person get out of seeing a dog tearing another dog apart? Yeah. And yeah. what kind it's of a sociopath, um, you know, I wish somebody would send me up there and let me take care of it. <laughs> I don't care how old I am. We'll look out. When, yeah. I, when I get... This, I mean, these animals are your pets, you know, and, and I mean, the thing about you working in this field and, and uh, the BC SPCA is that I love you because you do what I can't do. I would just sit and cry. Oh, yeah, and you'd probably want to take them all home. Right? I would. So. <laughs> I would. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. You know, I always say somebody's got to do it, and you may as well let the people with a passion do it. So. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'll just I'll just cry, and, <laughs> and, and, and you do the hard work. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can support us in other ways, right, through donating and yeah. uh, volunteering and, doing, you know, getting involved with events and things like that. So. And so when you're ready... To um, let us know about the fundraising. Yes. Get yes, a hold when, of I, when I'm able to uh, uh, let the birdie whisper in your ear, yeah. I most definitely will be in touch with you. Good. And right. I want to thank you so much for what you're doing. Oh, and, you're very welcome. And I want people to please, it's... it's uh, over on First Avenue, behind Rogers Meat, which I didn't know that's where it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got people who are taking care of uh, animals that other people aren't taking care of. And these are wonderful people. And, and so thank you, Angela. And thank you. You're very welcome. Just call me, call the radio station, leave a message. You've got the okay. information. We'll help you in whatever way we can. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank okay. you.
Thank okay. you so much. Thank you, dear. All righty. You and take care. Thanks. Okay. And so this is Senior Moments. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. The Indigenous Sports, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council has compiled a return to activity guide. The guidelines are based on recommendations by provincial and municipal health authorities, as well as provincial sport and recreation organizations. iSpark continues to monitor the COVID-19 situation and will adopt the guidelines as required. For the latest version of the iSpark Return to Activity Guidelines, visit iSpark.ca. That's I-S-P-A-R-C dot C-A. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council. Move. Play. Compete. The United Way of Northern B.C. has completed the final round of funding through Canada's Emergency Community Support Fund. The total allocated was $858,000 to 44 agencies and 55 programs across Northern B.C. The United Way of Northern B.C. continues to strive to fill resource gaps created by the COVID-19 crisis with their Maximum Impact Fund. To help out, visit unitedwaynbc.ca slash donate. More information is available at unitedwaynbc.ca. The United Way of Northern B.C. Give. Volunteer. Act. The perspectives of Canadians matter. Help us shed light on discrimination. Take five minutes to participate in Statistics Canada's Experiences of Discrimination crowdsource survey. Visit statcan.gc.ca slash participate and click the Participate Now button. The results will benefit people and communities across Canada. Forecast from Environment Canada, clearing this afternoon, a high of 15. Tonight, a few clouds, a low of 3 with the risk of frost. On Wednesday morning, fog patches, then mainly cloudy, clearing in the afternoon, and a high of 16. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community. When you live at Riverbend, you will feel right at home. And we're back on. And, and we've, we've got, got Sandy the Sandy's on, the line. on. Okay, so Sandy, hi. Sandy's hi. with. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Oh, we're doing good. We really are. So Sandy's with Prince George Hospice, and I don't know who won the money, and uh, I didn't check the news, and so I might be the only person in Prince George who doesn't know this. I know. No, do you know? <laughs> yes, and you know what the most exciting part is? That somebody from Prince George won the money. So oh. Lorraine Beach um, from Prince George, she won $150,000 last Friday. And she came in yesterday and picked up her check, and she's super excited. Does she live yeah. in town? <laughs> she lives in town here, yes, she does. I know, I mean, is she leaving town? <laughs> no, she's not, town. she's not leaving town, yes. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. She has some plans for her family with this money, so she's definitely going to put it to good use. Oh, cool. Yes. Well, I that think must... I might know her. Do you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, well, I think I know her, her son, or it might be her husband. Yeah, I'm, I'm all thinking. friends with her all of a sudden. I think we all know her now. She's worth the money. <laughs> well, look what happened to, to uh, Donna. She got hacked. With yes. It, yes, I saw that. And she she let us all know on Facebook, but I got this little message. Um, there's a video um, um, about the fifty fifty, and I think you're on it. And have a look. And I thought, what did I win the fifty fifty? But I just Aww. didn't trust it. And then Donna said, um, because uh, somebody found out that they they, they had wasn't her. given away the money. Um, that they hacked her 
And it's just that's, like we're all going to go after Lorraine Beach. <laughs> that's right. No. That's right. That's somebody else's turn now. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, how many tickets have got left for the house? Are you ready for this? Yeah. We are sold out. No we way. We sold out last night. Really? The, home, the 2020 Dream Home is officially sold out. There is no more Dream Home tickets left. <gasps> that is so fantastic. It's I was so actually going to say we've got an excited Sandy on the line. We sold out three months early. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's yeah. Christmas when we're going to hear about it. It's yes. never happened before. <laughs> Oh, my God. And so are you going to start another 50-50? Yep. So we also started. So um, so we started the 50-50, the second 50-50 yesterday morning, and then the dream home sold at, at nighttime. <laughs> so it worked out really, really good. So at least we have that second 50-50 going. Yeah. And it's going strong. Those tickets are going. And um, <laughs> hopefully we will go up all the way to 150000 again. Yeah. So the draw for that second 50-50 will also be Christmas Eve. So we're going to do the draw for oh, the 50-50 at 5 o'clock, uh-huh. and then the dream home draw will be at 6 o'clock. Oh, my God. So we're going to give them back-to-back. Somebody's going to win themselves, a, hopefully, $150,000 for Christmas, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to win a home. <laughs> Imagine it. And I have, I have to say, I've been sneaking through the rooms on uh, Facebook or when I go on your website. And, yes. you know, it's really quite a lovely place. And, and I think a $100 investment into that fabulous home is yep. kind of cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, look what... Um, but our 50-50 winner, Lorraine, did. she spent $25 on a limb at Canadian Tire while she was waiting for someone. She's like, ah, oh, I'm here. I might as well buy a ticket. <laughs> and her return is $150,000. Pretty darn good, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, so how did you feel? Did you give the money away or did Donna or how did you guys manage it? We we both did. So we, we Donna had the check and then we made um her hold this big plastic check and it's just it's just really exciting always to give away um something like that and just even I think the most exciting part is always um making that phone call. So hearing that person on the phone being excited about winning and um I love it being in disbelief, like really? Like can I have your phone number to just make sure that this is real? And I think that's really the best part. Um oh. just hearing the the surprise and the voice and the emotion, how emotion people get when they find out they won. Yeah. It is I mean, hundred and fifty thousand dollars is life changing. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um I think I'd need another 150. I want to buy an island, but I know it's no good on a lake. <laughs> it may be on an ocean. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I have to say I am so happy for for you folks because I've always been so down about not you're not having enough money uh, mm-hmm. And that you have to do this fundraising every year on top of everything else you do. And I've never seen it as um, right. You know, I think it should yep. be something that you do on top of um, the the financial stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, right now, that's the that's the way life is. And obviously, the government isn't going to change it too much. Uh, and uh, so you're going to have to do the same thing. The best thing is that. 
that you're involved enough, you're taking some of the weight off of, of, of Donna, and uh, and you're getting higher than I kite on it. <laughs> I know. I am learning so much. I can't even believe that I am the same person that I was last year when I started. Um, this 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 entire team here um, mm-hmm. just inspires you. You grow with them. I. Mm-hmm. Sometimes can't even believe what everybody puts into this. Everybody really shows up with their heart and soul every day. And, um, yeah, I think we all feed off each other. It's it's a really incredible team that we all get to work with and to just see how they touch lives around the community um, mm-hmm. is really incredible. So, it yeah. Is, yeah. Ah. The other thing is um, it brought you out of yourself if you weren't out there before. Oh, definitely. I was a hermit. I never left my house. I didn't know where the track of you road was. Like, I had no idea. So for me to really come out of my bubble and realize it's okay to be out of my bubble. Um, and, yeah, it's been, it's been huge. It's been a really huge growth for me personally. So and to I'm find, really, yeah, and to find parts of yourself that you might not have known, like you, maybe you like being getting attention. Maybe you'd like to jump up in the air. <laughs> you know what? I know. No, no, you can check with Anna. I did not like the jumping up in the air or the hanging upside down. Like, you guys, are you serious? This is the worst thing. But um, I have learned to grow into this role, and um, I've learned to put my personal stuff a little bit aside um, because I am scared of media. I am scared to speak in public. Yep. And um, But when this house and this lottery is on the line, you just kind of get over it. And you're like, you know what, this, this is what needs to be done. And a video now and then isn't going to kill me. And then realizing, yeah, it, it's just okay. Um, but, but I still do it in, by myself in the basement with nobody around. That's the only way it gets done. <laughs> but, but, here, yeah. but the thing is, it's not about you. And no, that's, that's what you exactly learn. It, it isn't yes. about you. You're a voice for a very important project in our community. And so then it doesn't become about you. It becomes about uh, what you're representing. And I hated public speaking. And mm-hmm. I, I went and took um, lessons to how to speak and to be assertive. I took training. Oh, and, wow. And uh, because I was put into a, a pretty... Um, responsible position and i didn't want to i'm i'm a a worker bee i'm a drone i'm i'm behind the scenes but i find that i i'm okay now with uh talking in public and having fun because i'm talking about something bigger than me and especially when you're passionate about your work when you're passionate about what you represent and Mm -hmm. and again a lot of it um is the team behind me i feel i get so much fuel from them the Mm -hmm. inspiration behind them um that does kind of carry you through those times when you're a little scared and um you're just like you know what i can do this of course Um, yeah and, team, so. and now you're doing another one, so I have to and say. And now we're doing another one. Now we got another 50-50. We have the goal was all three need to be sold out, two down, one to go. You're not <laughs> out of the woods yet. We're going to start all over again with a um, second 50-50. Keep our fingers crossed that um, the community will continue to stand behind us and um, help us on this. And we'll see what it does. We'll yep. see what it does. Well, we all love you, and so we, we will support um, oh, yeah. you, you guys all the way. And Thank so you. Don't, don't 
forget us, you know, don't leave us out. Don't get too, you know, if you get on the big radio stations, don't forget us. <laughs> I know. You just keep calling me anytime, day or night. You guys just call because, yes, I I know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, yeah. Yes. Anyway, thank you for your time, Sandy. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And, and I most of all, we thank Prince George. Uh, oh, for yes. supporting hospice and uh, and we say Lorraine I want to have tea with you or lunch with you <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine beat you lucky girl yes and yes it, yes that's right I know. know we'll see what she said she said the one thing she wasn't going to do is buy a red Corvette because those dead costs were speeding all the time so she wasn't going to get a red one we'll see if we see her in a blue or black one maybe so. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you again, Sandy, and stay safe. So and uh, everybody, everybody, go to hospice, buy a ticket. Yeah. And we'll check in with you and let you know how we're doing with the 50-50. So Wonderful. Well, thank yep. you, guys. Thank you stay in so, touch. so much again for your time. Thank stay you, thank dear. You. Yeah, Bye. Bye. So I'm so excited about that. It's awesome. And, and, and like listening to her on the website last night yeah. you know, on, on the Facebook, she was just, you just could beaming. Just, you could feel that coming through the air. Yeah. It yeah. was awesome. You know, I have to say, um, remember Tom White? He, he was on a few weeks ago and how he said how he loved Prince George and how he he wouldn't move back to Scotland, that he loved it here and he loved uh, uh, the people in Prince George. And it's true. I've I've lived a few places. Yeah, and well, I've been here since '42, and yeah, I have lived in different places. But this is where I want to be. Yeah, it's not. The thing is that this is one of the most generous communities that I've ever lived in. And you know, when I worked at Phoenix House, um, our food bill, our food costs, were half of what other shelters were. Because of our community. Yeah. And because Phoenix was here before everything else, it was here in 1974, everybody knows Phoenix House. Yeah. And uh, uh, and so comes the potatoes, especially this time of year, all the vegetables. Well, the, someone said on Facebook, you can just drop stuff off under the carport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I just want to thank Prince George for being so supportive of of your city and uh, and the community and our community and of the the services like Foundry. How many how many people knew about Foundry? I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. How many people knew about Party? I didn't. But you know what? My granddaughter went. She went what? and she said that is the first time in years that she has had no back pain without medication. Oh. That's what it did for her, and, and so was she has a lot of back problems. So where did where did she go to the floater? Yep. Oh yeah. So I was talking about the party thing for kids. Oh, but the floater thing, I want to yeah. go. Um, that is um, something I was that. Thinking. Yeah, I'm getting them mixed up. That's okay. <laughs> We're over seventy. We. Yep. <laughs> we have a right. But yeah, the float, the floating thing. I went and saw it last Tuesday. Did you? Uh, or last Wednesday? Sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one of those um, 
what do they call them that they cover you up and you're in the dark and it's not like that at all yeah it's, i was in one of those in vegas yeah no i i don't i'm too much of a it was ho-hum yeah so this one is very it's more like a big shower mm-hmm. and you go in and and you lay down in it and there's music and there's lights and the ceiling and and when the music uh, goes down you're usually asleep Oh, yeah. By then, 10 minutes, I think it is. And then yeah. you have an hour, and the lights and the music comes back on. And uh, if you're still sleeping, they'll come in and find you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's spotless. It's very um, inviting. Uh, there's a shower right in there. So you can go in and have a shower and then go into the, the floater and then come out, have a shower. They provide all the towels, all the shampoo, all all the stuff you need for your hair, and uh, um, I think I'm so glad that your your daughter went. My granddaughter. Granddaughter, yes. yeah, and, and she benefited from it mm-hmm. tremendously. Yeah. So and so so I think that we we're doing our best to educate people, and um, and I was you know I. I know we're probably not supposed to talk politics, but I have to say that I'm glad I'm Canadian oh. and, and that uh, old Canada. The only thing I'm thinking at my age is that we need a third party. Because like I said to you earlier today... Well, we do have the Green Party, but they're not very big. Well, we need to help them get there somehow or other or encourage the people that are... Because think of this. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting change. And so we we vote in liberals, then we vote in NDP, we vote in liberals, we vote in NDP. We need a third one in there back to, and forth. Yeah, uh, to uh, make people start to look at what we're not doing in our community. Um, I wanted to read a little bit out of the... People of Prince George book that uh, Kathy Nadalin's doing. Has she done yours yet? Oh, yeah. 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 So it she'll be in the paper. That. Okay. So let's talk about Dawn and Joyce Graham. Dawn is a retired politician, and his wife, Joyce, are thankful for every new day since her heart transplant 19 years ago. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Don Graham, the oldest of four boys, was born in 1941 in Gladstone, Manitoba. His parents were longtime residents of southern Manitoba, dating as far back as 1872. Don remembers being taken out of school to run the tractor to pull the binder, a machine for cutting grain and binding it into bundles. They mowed the hay with a team of horses and raked it with an old big wheeled brake, also pulled by a team of horses. All that hard work on the farm, toughened him up, and, and future hard work never bothered him. After high school, he took his electronics training at the Manitoba Technical Institute in Winnipeg, and at the age of 19, he got a job at Mid-Canada Line MCL in Dawson Creek and worked as a meteorologist and part-time technician from 1961 to 1964. The MCL was a line of radar stations running east to west across the middle of Canada and used to provide early warning of Soviet bomber attack on North America. 
I mean, we're back talking about this stuff yeah. with Russia. And that was in 1961 to 64. The MCL was, um, it was the Dew Line. So it was part of the Dew Line. Don met and married Joyce Sexton. Joyce, an only child, was born in Beaver Lodge, Alberta, in 1941. Her paternal grandparents were originally from Ontario and eventually settled in Peace River area, while her maternal grandparents immigrated from Poland. Her father was an oil man, and they moved constantly. Some years, Joyce attended four to five different schools until her family finally settled in Dawson Creek. After high school, she first worked for a finance company and then a jewelry store. Dan said, I met Don said, I met Joyce at the curling rink in Dawson Creek. She was the cutest girl on earth, and I skipped over two sheets of ice and started sweeping <laughs> where she was sweeping, just to get her attention. I asked her for her phone number, and she wouldn't even answer me. <laughs> well, he would have embarrassed me. <laughs> I was happy when I finally got a date with her and her version is this. I was curling, and here comes Don. He showed up while I was curling, and I wondered what kind of a jerk this guy was to get in my way like that, get in my face like that. He asked me out, and I told him to get lost. I finally agreed to go out with him, and after several dates, I told my mom that this was the guy I was going to marry. We were married in 1962, and it's hard to believe that all this happened 56 years ago. We have three children, Brian, who's married to Debbie, Bonnie, who's married to Dean, um, and Toll and Sherry, Carrie Shanderley, no, Shalanowski, sorry. I'm having trouble with my glasses again. Uh, Brian and Bonnie were born in the same calendar year, and Sherry arrived 10 years later. We now have four grandchildren and one great-grandchild. In 1964, Dawn left MCL to work for CN Telecommunications as their district technician. He finished his training, and they transferred him to Hay River in the Northwest Territories. And that is Dawn, and isn't it? It's quite a good story, actually. I've, I've read all uh, the first book, and I've enjoyed the stories. Well, I think they're lovely. I can't wait to be able to bring... Yeah. We'll do it. Um, maybe we can do it when the COVID goes. We can start yeah. having them on on a regular basis. But well, right now we need to say goodbye yep. and um, tune in next week. And thanks for listening. And thanks for all our guests. And thank you, Judy. You bet. And this is uh, Senior Moments. Until next week. Senior Moments is a co-production of Prince George Community Radio 93.1 CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Executive producer is Sharon Hurd with producer A.J. Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Visit SeniorMoments.ca for past shows plus videos and photos. Sponsored by Integris Credit Union and Riverbed Manor, Senior Moments is heard Tuesday afternoons at 1 and replayed Wednesday nights at 11.